So we are going to continue in this look of living by faith. And um, uh, we looked at last week um, this verse in Hebrews chapter 10. And then we uh, went through chapter 11. So let's look at this uh, again in Hebrews chapter 10. Starting in verse 36, it says this, For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what is promised. And I think that's what we all want. You know, it's one thing to say we're Christians and we believe this, but you know what? We want to not be in vain in what we believe. That that's our goal is that that we would receive what was promised, uh, which is life which is forgiveness, which is transformation, it's, it's purpose. And, and it tells us that if we're going to receive what is promised, we need endurance. So after doing uh, what uh, uh, we have done, we will receive that. Okay, And it goes on and says, For yet a little while, and the coming one will come, which we know that is Jesus, and he will not delay. But my righteous ones will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So the way that we are going to receive what was promised, the way that we are going to enter into all that God has, has uh, shared with us and revealed with us is for us to live by faith. It says the ones who have faith will preserve their souls and not the ones that shrink back, not the ones that say they have faith but then do not walk in it. Uh, they do not, you know, truly bear it out in their life because a lot of people say they have faith and proclaim faith but their life um, really does not uh, uh, reveal that as a true faith uh, and so this is um, the reason why we have looked at this scripture that yes we need to have faith but, but what does that faith look like? then what is the type of faith that is truly going to receive the promise of God? Uh, because God does not want us to get there and find out that we never really had faith. And so that is why he has given us this next chapter, which we started in last week, and we're going to look at again this week, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is an illustration so that we have no excuse uh, of living a life of faith so that we will not stand before God and say, God, I had faith in you, and he can say, no, I don't think so. And then we're like, well, what do you mean? You never told me what faith was, and I did have faith. I believed. Um, and so we can never say that because he gave us this example. The word of God um, reveals it to us. In, verse, in chapter 11, we have this picture of all of those before us that have gone before us that have shown us what faith is, um, what true faith is, not just a word, not just something that's in our head, uh, but what does it look like when true faith uh, makes up our life and who we are. So let's read through this again, and today um, uh, we are going to go beyond what faith is to what faith 
is based on. Okay, because it's, a, it's one thing to put into practice what we talked about um, last week. And uh, so before we read it, let's look at this real quick. Um, we looked at the substance of faith by looking at all these people that we're going to read about. And we're going to read about them again today because we need to just reiterate this. We saw that what true faith looks like is, first of all, true faith believes now that is in your head, that we have to believe. Um, we put our belief, we believe that God is, uh, that Jesus uh, did what he said he did. And we believe uh, that, that uh, what the Bible says is true. But that's not all of faith. Because a lot of people believe, the demons believe, Satan believes in God. Okay, And many times we think, I'm good, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus. Uh, Satan believes in Jesus even more than you think you believe in Jesus because he knows. He doesn't believe. He knows it. So belief is not the saving faith, um, but it is the beginning because you have to start at the belief. Second thing is it trusts. It chooses to trust in what I believe about God. Uh, I trust uh, the plan of God. I trust uh, what God is doing. I trust what he says. And so, therefore, it moves out of my head to my heart. So, in other words, I begin to put what I believe into my heart. And it becomes something that I lean on. It's something I embrace. Okay, that's trusting it. But it has to go beyond that. Uh, it's, we saw that faith has to act. It has to respond to that. Uh, just saying that you trust in God is one thing, but if you never step out, and put that trust into test, then even though you say you trust it, if you don't act on it, you really don't trust it. You can say you trust it all you want, but you have to act on it. Um, and, and so we saw that faith is action. Faith is what you do more than what you say. Uh, faith is your priorities. Faith is what's important to you and how you act because of that. It's where you spend your money. It's where you spend your time. It's what you spend time thinking about. It, that is what you do is the picture of faith. But here's where a lot of us stop. True faith, as we've seen in this chapter, is what we value. Because it's one thing to do something. Because if we believe that, you know, I don't want to go to hell... And I believe that, that God will punish those that are uh, wicked, and I, I trust that he will do it, uh, and so therefore I'm going to live the right way. And you know what? If we just go through those motions, that's not saving faith. That is just uh, someone going through the motions of following rules, okay, just to escape a consequence. But that's not faith, because faith, is summed up in this word that Jesus said. When they asked Jesus, what's the greatest thing that we can do? Okay, we want to do what's right. What's the greatest thing? What did he say it was? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, with all you have. Faith is centered around love. It is what you treasure. You cannot say you have faith, but you don't treasure God. If God is, you know what, I, I really don't look forward to doing it, but I do what's right because I know I need to do it, that's not faith. You will not receive the promise of God because faith is not just following rules. 
You see, the Israelites had the rules of God. They had the commandments of God. That was good, but God is looking for people who treasure him. Um, and, And so we saw this. And then the final thing is, you cannot say that you treasure something if you're not willing to sacrifice for it. You see, we can really love something, but the, the, the depth of our love is always tested by what we're willing to sacrifice. And faith will sacrifice. And we saw this as we read it, that faith sacrifices. So all of these together, now it's not a pick and choose. It is all of these make up faith. If we have faith, all of these things will reflect in our life. Okay, and and so this is where we need to really begin to look at our life. Am I truly living by faith? Um, Are these things present in my life? Um, And and is it the direction that my life is going? So now today, we're going to go back and we're going to read through this again. The same reflection of those five uh, substances of faith. But today, we want to look at what is very important is that even in those five categories, there is an important factor that our focus in each one of those categories is right. Because, see, there's a lot of times that we will manipulate and we will do all of those things, and yet our focus is not right. A lot of people are big on faith. You know, there's a what is called a faith movement. And, and yet I do not believe it's true faith because it's, it's not focused on the right object. So not only do you need to have faith, but you need to have faith in the right object. And, and let's just put it out there right now. Faith has to be based on God, not ourself. Okay? It comes down to that. Are you the source of your faith, even though God is an object in it, But what's the core? The focus has to be God and not us. And and that is the problem that always we begin to inch ourselves into the the kind of middle of our faith. Um, And true faith has to put God as the focus of every one of those pictures. So let's read this through. And I want you, as we read through this, I want you to see how their focus is not on themselves in in so many different ways. And then we're going to just explain it and and actually pinpoint all those five, how that focus uh, will come out in our life. So it says, now faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. So in other words, remember he just said that you will not receive the promises of God unless you live by faith. So he's now showing you that the people of old, they received their commendation. They received um, uh, their promise because of faith. So let's look at what that faith looked like. By faith, we understand that the uniform universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, and God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, 
Even though he died, he still speaks. And by faith, Enoch was taken up so that, we, so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, being God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events not yet seen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And by this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. But by faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God and by faith Sarah received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him God faithful who had promised therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore And these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. And if they had been thinking of the land from which they had come out of, they would have had an opportunity to return to it. But as it is, they desired a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said through Isaac, shall your offspring be named. But he considered that God was even able to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. And by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. And by faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of his sons, the sons of Joseph, even while bowing in worship over the head of his staff. And by faith, Joseph at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful. Another word there is anointed by God. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. And by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated along with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. For he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking for the reward. 
By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And by faith he kept the Passover, and he sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn may not touch them. And by faith the people of Israel crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. And by faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall we say, for we don't have time uh, to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, they quenched the power of fire, they escaped the edge of the sword, and they were made strong out of weakness. They became mighty in war, and they put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, but some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might be able to rise to a better life. Others suffered mockings and floggings and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves on the earth. And all these though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So we see this picture of faith that all of these people in all of those stories, and I mean, we could go through all the wonderful stories, and we see that their faith was founded on God. You know what? They would not have gone through all of those things if they just wanted to succeed because the majority of them did not succeed. Now, some did. There were some that God blessed, and Abraham was very wealthy, and he received tons of stuff, uh, but there were others that lost everything. We look at uh, Moses and the Israelites. They wandered in the desert living in tents. Um, So it it is not about finding our own pleasure, but we see that throughout all of these, they had faith in God. Now that's easy to say, is your focus on God, right? We can say that that's our, our, our message today, is your faith focused on God? But sometimes that is kind of a nebulous thing. What does that mean to be focused on God? Yeah, my faith is, you know, focused on God. The problem is we a lot of times say that. And without a specific focus, it's easy for us to, to find ourselves comfortable and just enjoy life and say, yeah, I, I love God. My focus is on God. I'm living for God. I'm not doing anything really bad, right? That's what we usually measure ourselves by. I didn't murder anyone. I didn't steal anything. First of all, we have to ask, have we done those things? You know, I haven't, uh, 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 you know, been as bad as that person, right? And so I believe in God. So we use God as a general focus, but we need to look at these stories that we just read. 
what does it mean to be focused on God? Okay, we've, we've looked at what it means to have faith, that I believe, that I trust, that I act, that I treasure, and that I sacrifice. But now how do I do those five things while focusing on God? How does God motivate me to do those things? And it's not just God in general. So I'm going to give you some uh, things that we can begin to bring that focus into a narrow picture. Um, first of all, we looked at the fact that faith believes. But what did they believe? First of all, when we believe, our belief has to be focused on God's power and passion. This is what the source of our faith. What do we believe about God? Do I, oh, I believe in God. Oh, really? Okay, what does that mean? The two main things, and this incorporates so many different things, and we can go into all, a lot of things that we believe about God. But basically, we need to be, believe the person of God, who is God. When I say I believe God, this is what they believed. Uh, and in fact, in, in chapter 11, it said that this was the focus of their belief, that by God, all the universe was formed, right? We read that in verse 3. Um, uh, we understand that everything that was made was made by God. He has all power. He is the, the, the power of everything uh, around us. Do you really believe that God is a God of power? See, sometimes we believe in God as he's just someone out there, you know, way out there. No, he is intricately involved in this creation. You are part of his creation. And so we need to believe that he is a God of power. And yet not just power, but of passion. He is not just a powerful being, but he is a God of love. Um, we see that, that God loves. And it, again, in verse 6, it says you have to believe that God is, but then you also need to believe that he is a God who rewards those who seek him. He's a God who's looking to, to please you. He loves you as children. When you believe God, do you believe that God is both powerful and mighty and just, and yet at the same time, he is loving, and he has you on his heart? He knows you. You are not forgotten. You are not lost in the shuffle of all the other people in the world. So when we, believe, when we say we believe God, we need to believe in these two things especially, his power and his passion. In other words, his power kind of scares us. I stand kind of trembling before God. And yet at the same time, his passion calms me. And I stand comforted in the presence of God. I know those things don't mix sometimes. But yet this is, this is the paradox. When we believe in God, we need to believe. And that belief has to be present in everything we do. So this is the focus. We don't believe in what I want. I don't believe in, in, in my dreams. Many times that's what we believe in, the dreams that I have. We need to believe in God's power and God's love. The second thing is we need to trust, but we need to trust in God. A lot of times we say, I trust in God. Well, what does that mean, I just trust in God? We saw this from all of these stories that they trusted in God's purpose and God's promises. Do you trust, now here's, here's where it comes down, to God's plan, not your plan. See, we trust God, but 
we trust that God is just going to, God, you're just there when I need you and, and I'm going to do things my way. I trust in my plan, but yet God says, no, you need to trust in God's plan. His purpose is bigger than your purpose and you need to begin to trust in it. So in other words, when things happen in your life, and let's, let's be honest, and you just get mad. God, this is not right. I don't like this. But I'm going to trust in your purpose. You see, I believe that you are all powerful and that you are all loving. And because I believe in who you are, I'm going to trust in your purpose. I trust that what he has planned is right. And so if it takes me through a dark tunnel, if it takes me through a painful storm, I've got to trust in that. I've got to trust his purpose. Look at these people. You know, Abraham, had to, he left his, his homeland. He left his father. He left all that he had because he trusted God's plan. He didn't know where he was going, but God, I'm going to trust your purpose. But not only his purposes, I trust that God's plan for me is good, but you have to trust God's promises. You see, Sarah, Sarah trusted God at 90 years old to get pregnant. Who would even want to get pregnant at 90 years old? Right? She trusted his purpose. God, you have a good purpose. I'm glad. I like your plan for us that you're going to make us a family. You know how many? Everyone wants a family. And it's a broken heart. We've been there. We know what it's like to not be able to have a family. Now, we're in the middle of, I don't know, this plan that God has brought us into with the blessing of our, our two little twins but we got to trust God's purpose. He finally brought that, but then it didn't come in a the, in the way that, that we really like right now as we are struggling through hospital visits and all the sicknesses and health issues. But we trust in God's purpose. But we also have to trust in his promises, that his promises that I'll give you strength to make it through. I'll give you direction uh, to find your way, that that. In the end, if you will not only trust my plan, but if you'll follow my plan, then I will bless you. There is blessing waiting. And so there are promises that God has made, and they usually have things that we have to do and that he will do. But if we will trust his promises, Sarah said she knew that he was faithful. You see, she trusted not only his purpose, that was great, she wanted to have a family, but she she finally trusted his promise. And, and she knew that he was faithful, that he would keep his promises. And, and so we need to begin. Guys, this is the hard. You, you got to start to trust God. Stop questioning everything that he does. Stop questioning, my life is not going the way I want. No, it's going the way God wants. And you need to start to trust it. That means stop fighting against it. Stop constantly complaining about it. You see, faith, trust, it doesn't complain. That was the problem with the children of Israel, right? That, that whole children of Israel that came out of Egypt, none of them went into the promised land. God said, you're not going to receive. You did not receive the promise of God because they believed in God, but they didn't trust. They didn't like the way that God was doing it. Guys, we need to stop ourselves and say, if I have faith in God, I need to start to trust. I got to trust not only his purpose, but his promises. So that's our focus. It's not just I trust in God, but do you trust his purpose? See, a lot of us, we say that all the time. I trust God. No, but God, I don't like that. Well, then you're not really trusting God. 
But not only do we need to trust in his purposes and his promise, but we need to act. Now here's again, let's be real focused. I'm going to live my life and I'm going to act not based on what I think works, but we focus on God. Our focus is on God. And when we say our focus is on God, I mean his principles. These are his directions. The principles that God has given us. You don't choose your own way in life. You need to act. If you have faith, you will follow the principles of God. You cannot say, I have faith in God, and as long as I don't break any of the Ten Commandments, then I'm okay. Well, there's a lot more principles that God has given us. You know what? He's given us principles like you will come together as a body, that I am building a church. Um, You will not do it on your own. Principles of, uh, you know what? You will seek my direction and not your way. It's not just the Ten Commandments. It's about the principles of how life works and following his directions. And if we have faith and our faith is focused on God, not on our own way. See, we think, I can serve God and I know exactly how I can serve God. I can do this and this and look at, hey God, get off my back. This works for you just as well as it does for me. No, you cannot negotiate with God how you're going to serve him and just base it on because I'm not doing anything bad. God says, you will follow my principles no matter what. If you have faith in me, if your focus is on God and not on your own faith, then we will follow the principles of God. Look at, Sarah had to have faith in God's purpose, but she had to live that out. Now, at first, she tried to do it her own way. She said, I trust God's purpose, I trust God's promises, and so this is how it's going to work. Abraham, go take Hagar. And that's how it's going to happen. I know that's how it's happening. I'm too old, and this is how we're going to make the promises of God come true. Finally, she had to say, I'm sorry that I did that because it's not my way. And she finally had to come back to say, no, we got to follow God's principles. I am going to act on what God tells me to do. The way to live is by God's principles and not our principles. And she had to pay the price because at one time she didn't. And all of us have done the same, but it's okay. At any point, now's the day to start to act on God's principles. I don't care what you've done in the past. God's mercy will cover that. But we need to begin to act on God's principles. So if God is going to be our focus, that means his principles. Whether you like it or not, well, I don't agree with this one way. I don't think I need to do it that way. It's not up to you to decide. If God has given us his principles then we need to incorporate those into our life and, and, be, and begin to stop making excuses. To start ju- stop justifying, well, this is okay. When you know in your heart what God would want you to do. When we know in our heart what God would want us to do and we do not do it, you are not walking in faith. And you may not even be doing anything wrong because sin is not a behavior. And I've said this over and over again. Sin is not doing something wrong. Sin is separating yourself from God. So therefore, sin can actually be doing something good, but it wasn't what God wanted you to do. You see, Paul had to learn that. Paul said, I'm going to go preach the gospel in Greece. Is that a bad thing? No, it would be a great thing. But God said, no, that's not my plan for you. Don't do it. Well, Paul started to do it. He started heading towards Greece. And Paul, I mean, God stopped him in a dream, and it said the Holy Spirit stopped them. 
said, this is not right, even though that's a good thing. Many of us, we are living good things, but it's not right because you're not following the principles of God. God said, I've called you to Macedonia. And he gave him a dream. Uh, and finally, Paul saw this dream of this man calling them, and he said, no, we've got to go this other direction. And he acted on God's principles. So our faith must be focused on God's principles, not just on this idea of I trust in God. Specifically, God's principles in our life. Let's go to the next picture of faith, is our treasuring. If faith means what we treasure is what we have faith in, then we need to treasure God's presence. You see, in the chapter that we read, it said that, that they, they'd considered themselves exiles on this earth. That they didn't have a place on this earth. Because you know what they looked for? It said they looked for a city. They looked for a heavenly place. They looked to be in God's presence. You know what they treasured more than anything? Was not anything on this earth. But they treasured the presence of God. Do we have faith enough where God's presence is more valuable to us than, than time to do what we like to do, experiences that we can accomplish, um, uh, enjoying all the things of this world, and they're good, and it's not that God doesn't want you to do it, but if they are more important to you, then you have lost your faith. Even if you are a great Christian, you do everything else right, but you don't value the presence of God. You see, they received commendations no matter what. It was because they valued the presence of God. And it says that because of that, because they, they, they did what God wanted them to do on this earth because they realized that was important. So this earth and this life is important, but it, only in the fact that when I live my life right, you know what? God's presence is with me. Because someday I'm going to truly be in his presence forever. So right now I'm going to do whatever I can to be in his presence to get me to that time where we are forever with him. And it says that because of that, God was not ashamed to be called their God. You know what that infers? That infers that, that when we don't treasure him, that he's ashamed to be called your God. When you don't treasure God, God said, really, don't call me your God then. Stop calling yourself a Christian then. When you don't really value me, you don't treasure, you know, the, the things of God, the house of God, the people of God. Don't call that. But those that do, says, I'm not ashamed for you to call me your God. I love to be your God. And I want everyone to know that I'm your God because you value, you treasure God's presence. Not just, not the idea of God. See, many times we treasure the idea of God because it's a good idea and it kind of makes us look good in other people and makes us feel right and self-righteous. But it's not about treasuring the idea of God. It's treasuring the very presence of God. And that means everything I do is, that, is, I'm doing that so that God, is that okay? Are you pleased? You see, when, when God is pleased with me, I have his presence. And so we treasure God's presence. And finally, if we truly live in faith, the focus of, uh, of God in our life is that we sacrifice for God's pleasure. I want to live a life that my faith 
faith is based so much that I have faith in God because I believe in you, in your power, and in your passion. I trust in your purpose and your promises. And and I am going to act on your principles, and I treasure your presence. And because of that, I will give up anything for you to smile on me. Is that a picture of your faith? Is that the focus of your faith that, that you would sacrifice anything for the pleasure of God? It said, we read this, that some of them, they did great things. It said that they, they defeated enemies. Uh, they quenched fire. We know who that's a reference to. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Got thrown in the fiery furnace. Didn't mean nothing. But that was not what was important to them. Because it said that God was with them. We saw that Daniel shut the mouth of lions. But that's not why he sacrificed. They all did great things. But they did it for the pleasure of God. And then on the other side there were others that says that were tortured. Sawn in two. Now that's a very specific thing. That I mean, can you imagine that they were sawn in two. Because they sacrifice for God's pleasure, I don't care what you think. Now maybe many of us are not going to be sawn in two, but it said others were mocked and, and lived a destitute life. They weren't all that successful. They didn't have everything because you know what? They sacrificed, I would rather make God happy than make my boss happy. Now, God is not saying we disobey our boss, but We make God happy first. And sometimes we make God happy by pleasing our boss, by doing what's right. We definitely do. But when it comes down to it, when we are asked to do anything, God comes first. And I'm willing to sacrifice. And if I lose a job because God's more important to me, then I need to begin to say that I will sacrifice for God's pleasure. If I lose a relationship like a friend or a coach or a sport, To please God, I will choose pleasing God. True faith is, that is the source of my life. That I will sacrifice for the pleasure of God. To know that God smiles on me. That's worth all the the glories, all the accomplishments, all the money in the world. Is to know that God smiles. Now here's the good thing. God does want us to accomplish things in the world. And God will give us pleasures in the world, and he will smile on us. And you know why? Because when we get that, even those we throw at his feet and say, God, this was all because of you, and I give you the glory. What is the picture in Revelations? It says that they were crowned and seated on thrones around the the throne. But it says that when when the Lamb of God came out, they took off their crowns and they threw it at his feet. You see, even what we accomplish in this life, a true heart of faith, is willing to lay that down and say, God, it's all because of you, it's not me. See, are we willing to sacrifice for God's pleasure? Or I should ask this, is God pleased with your life? Wow. There's a hard question. Is God pleased with your faith right now? With the life of faith that you're living? If he's not pleased with it, then it's, really a sham why are you even doing it mostly to please other people because you want you know we, we want our grandmas to be happy with us you know but you know what who cares 
if God's not pleased with your faith, if it's just a show, I don't care what other people think of you at all. You might as well go live your own life and be the prodigal son and, and waste it all because the only one that matters is the pleasure of God. This is the focus of faith. And I think too many times we've made our faith, the focus of our faith being the outward picture like the Pharisees did. We make it an institution. We make it just a philosophy that we live by. I'm known as a Christian. But God doesn't care about these outward things. He's looking at our heart. Is the focus of our faith the deep things of God? Do we live for the power and passion of God, the purpose and promise of God, the principles of God, the presence of God, and the pleasure of God? You see, when we say we focus on God, that's what we're talking about. Is our life truly focused on God? Because that is the focus of faith. And any other focus in our faith is a sham. And we will not receive the promises of God. I pray that we will refocus ourselves on God. Just as these that we read about did. That we will be written in to the book of God as one of the heroes of faith. Next week, we're going to move into that. How do we find ourselves in that? How do we build that faith? Because, man, we say... It seems overwhelming sometimes. There's so much in my life. I want to have that focus, but how do I have that focus? Next week, we're going to talk about how do we get that focus? How do we get the substance of faith in our life? Because God knows it's not easy. He realizes the, the struggle that we have. So we're going to move into chapter 12 next week. And uh, for the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at chapter 12 uh, uh, of, on building and living our faith. But let's close with this question. Is Christ the focus of my heart? Let's bow our heads.